1: Some podcasts do it for the fun. Some do it for the fame. Chad and Cheese,
2: they do it for global effing domination. That's right, bringing America to its knees was just the beginning. Now, they have their eyes set on conquering Europe,
1: and they've drafted industry veteran Levan von Neuerhauser of Belgium to help them navigate the old country and bring HR's most dangerous podcast across the
2: pond to trash talk like never before. Not safe for work in any language. The Chad and Cheese Podcast does Europe. Oh, yeah. Greece is burning. Scientists now say a doomsday variant of COVID may be on the way. And Sweden lost to Canada in women's football. Do they even play soccer in Canada? Let's forget all that and get numb, everybody. You're listening to the Chad and Cheese Podcast does Europe. I'm your co-host, Joel Ish Liebe Angela Cheeseman. And I'm Chad. Is that golden? Hello? So watch.
3: still just Levin van Yvanoozen
2: and on this episode, Cornerstone wants a little privacy. Why recruitment has a crawling problem, and a deco makes Levin want to declare war on Switzerland. Don't worry, it'll make sense in about thirty minutes.
0: Europe has a bunch of countries in it. European talent, intelligence. What does it mean? Imagine a world where it's easier for you to find and know your target group. Where it's easier to recruit and attract the talent you need from a European talent pool. Every year, thousands of corporate recruiters, HR departments and intermediaries rely on Intelligence Group to make that dream a reality. Intelligence Group is the European market leader in recruitment talent intelligence with innovative dashboards and tailor-made research in 28 European countries. It is our job to empower you as a state-of-the-art, data-driven recruitment business partner. Recruiting with data is great. Recruiting with Intelligence Group is better. Learn more about our services at intelligence-group.nl. Intelligence Group, market leader in European Talent Intelligence.
2: Who's our mystery guest? Who's the mystery oh, guest? No. All right. Ooh. Our mystery oh shit. Peeper's <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> hey.
4: <laughs> How apt.
2: Chad's been waiting for that to be put on the show.
4: To be fair, when I am your mystery guest, that's pretty spot on.
2: She she, she oh wow, she's a dog. No, I'm not gonna say that. She's <laughs> oh. an Aussie living in London. She shares a birthday with Chad, and she's the author of the Robot Proof Recruiter. Ooh. She is, if you haven't guessed it already, Katrina Collier.
4: Hello, hello. Hi,
3: Katrina.
2: Hi. So, is everyone enjoying the Olympics now that it's over? Yeah. (laughs) Did anyone watch? No. Yes, yes.
1: I said I wasn't going to, and I found myself watching. And also, did you watch the uh, Snoop Dogg and Kevin Hart like vignettes?
4: We couldn't see that in Europe. It was it was banned from Europe. I find I'm a bit conflicted though, because you know I'm Australian, but I live in England, so I might be like, oh, do I go for Australia or Britain? So I just tend to not watch. You
1: can go for both. Why can't you go for both? Unless they're playing each other, mm-hmm. then I mean, you know, nah. whoever
2: yeah. wins, a, you're a winner. A yeah. No. So so some stats out of the U.S., which is why yeah. we brought this up. So 60% of U.S. adults said they hadn't watched much or any of this summer's games. Mm-hmm. Just 34% of baby boomers say they've been watching, which means if old people aren't watching, holy hell. And we politicize <laughs> everything in our country, which means 55% of Republicans have said they're watching less of this year's games with about one in four citing content for athletes or politics. Sounds like Europe's not watching, but maybe for different reasons.
4: Why aren't we watching? I I say it was the pandemic. It just like, oh look, there's an Olympics. Where'd that come from? And then there were there was no audience and there was no atmosphere, and maybe that's why.
1: So here here in the U.S., there's generally like a station you can watch, and it's like Olympics twenty four seven. But it seems mm-hmm. like that it was like skipping and jumping all over the different channels and peacock had content which is pretty much where i got all my stuff i could stream wherever i wanted but it's like you didn't know where to watch it could, could you could you actually nail down a place in yeah.
4: europe to watch it the british broadcasting commission the bbc of ah,
1: course okay bbc does all
4: the good shit right yeah except it kind of ruined my lunch because i like to watch the end of bargain hunt and they moved that to <laughs> bbc too and i had to remember that It was quite a drama <laughs>
1: In leaving, you just didn't give a
2: shit, did you? I forgot about it. I was busy working, working, working. What would be like Belgium's stronghold in the Olympics? What's it's hey. like?
3: We had three gold medals, you know. What? Uh, yeah, I forgot. Uh, one for. Forgot. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was three, but one for some gymnast, I think. One for. Oh, whatever. I don't know.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Case in point, nobody watches the Olympics anymore. Yes. That's sad.
3: I do have
4: to say, though, Great Britain actually had an exceptional games with 22 gold medals, 21 silver and 22 bronze. Thank you, Google.
2: US kicked everyone's ass and no one watched.
4: Yeah. uh, Hang on. There are 60 million of us and there's like 300 and something million of you lot. So to be fair, we did quite well. You've only got thirty-nine golds, considering how many people you have. That's like kind of lime.
2: You're such a Brit. You've left <laughs> you've left Australia.
4: Hang on, where's this? Australia's got 17 and there's only bloody 25 million of us. Yeah.
1: Joel, Joel forgets that of you take a look at Europe, right? It's got a bunch yeah. of countries in it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So just four, just four four countries, Great Britain, Germany, Netherlands, and France, had mm-hmm. 171 total mm-hmm. medals. And yeah. 52 gold. So that was mm-hmm. four of those pretty much European yeah. states, right, where we had 113 and 39. So as Joel being the chest thumping American that he always is, <laughs> we actually got our ass handed to us.
2: Yeah. Well, if we're, if we're talking with that math, then Jamaica kicked everyone's ass.
4: That's fine. That's That's I'm happy the with that. That's
2: stupidest fucking comment I've ever heard.
4: <laughs> Actually when you look at it then China had a really shocking games, didn't they? 38 gold against 1 billion people. Yeah,
2: that they suck.
4: Yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving <The> on.
2: Jamaica. <laughs> yeah, let's move on. We've spent 5 minutes on the Olympics. Let's <laughs> keep going. Thanks to R- Rika Kopens.
1: Is that how you say it? Levin? Kopens?
3: Oh, you can say it like that. I can't. I can't. <laughs>
1: okay so thanks rika for joining us last week on the show we appreciate you uh uh, providing some some in-depth understanding of MA in Europe, funding, all that other fun stuff, uh, while, we sa-
2: while we sat back and took notes. Yeah, her English is better than ours, by the way. That's is, not saying which much. Which is nice. <laughs> so nice.
3: so annoying. It was so annoying. Her English is so much better than mine. And it shouldn't be. There's no reason why it should be better than mine, but it is. <laughs> That's probably why she is CEO and I'm only CDO. <laughs> <laughs>
2: bingo baby there well, it is uh i'm gonna give a shout out to french president emmanuel macron, macron. for his for vaccine mandates baby people yes. in france now need to show a health pass Fuck yes to enjoy usually routine activities such as sipping a coffee in a cafe or traveling on an inner city train obviously there's a lot of pushback on this from the uh french folks but i'm all for it shout out to uh macron
4: i have a question you can have your two jabs, and two weeks after you've had your two jabs, you're 60% protected against the Delta variant. So why are they forcing it on everyone?
2: Well, get a real fucking vaccine in Europe. That would help. Yeah. We
4: had, I, stop, I, I the, did.
2: stop the AstraZeneca garbage. Get some Pfizer <laughs> and Moderna <laughs> in your arms.
4: It's still the same, my you, lovely.
2: No,
1: it's not. No, it's, it's not.
2: Not, hey. not, even hey, close. It's not. America it's is not. the home of the best vaccines that we're not taking. Uh, That's a good point.
1: That <laughs> yeah, we're not taking. <laughs> God, that's funny, but it's fucking not funny. It's a shame. Yes, it is a shame. Uh, no. So the mandates from from a country standpoint is something that the U.S. won't do. Uh, we'll, we'll force or we'll, we'll try to leverage companies to do it, to mandate for employees. What do you think is going to happen in Europe with uh, the the other countries? Do you think they'll, they'll follow or they'll just kind of? No. No.
4: No, there's forty four countries in Europe. they're okay. just they're all culturally really, really different.
1: Well, I didn't mean all of them. Did you think some do you think some of them will? Germany do you think- will.
4: Britain won't, because the French did.
3: <laughs> you're not English. Sorry, you're not European anymore. You left us. So. Uh,
4: <laughs> excuse me. Oh. But I still am in Europe. I'm just, unfortunately, heartbreakingly not part of the EU. <laughs> <laughs> and believe me, I feel devalued. As a divorced woman with an Australian and a British passport, I have no. been devalued down to six countries from oh. four, a Ridiculous number. I'm Ouch. devalued. Personally. Personally. So let's not talk about shit. Which
2: ones <laughs> will? Which ones will?
3: The civilized world, well, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so
2: Germany, the Scandinavian countries. Yeah, of course. Netherlands, Belgium. Belgium, yeah. sure. If yeah. does. Where does yeah. it
4: stop, though? I'm just where paying does... devil's advocate, by the way. I have double jabs and I still wear a mask. It
2: stops with America and the UK. No,
4: but where does it stop? If you're going to mandate the vaccine for, say, work, purpose, where does it stop? Oh, you've got to have your yellow fever. You've got to have your dengue fever. What else? Like, what else?
1: It depends on what you're susceptible to and where you're at we don't have malaria here in the us right so we don't have to get our malaria shots although when i went to central america i had to get a fucking malaria shot so here's the thing that i think is important that we need to all understand as human beings this isn't about your fucking freedom this is about the safety of others right Mm -hmm. this has nothing to do with you and your goddamn freedom so quit being an asshole take the (laughs) goddamn jabs right
4: yellow fever is (laughs) painful the jab, no okay and
2: by the way i don't think we're Can we talking add the we're not talking are <laughs> not talking about like i don't think they're talking about forced shots they're saying if you don't have this you can't sip your your wine at a cafe oh, okay and okay. smoke your cigarettes gotcha. so they're they're basically making it so, like if you can't do that in france what's the point of living so they're basically <laughs> just saying like you can't do that anymore yes uh, but they're not saying hey the 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 shot police are coming through your town tomorrow and be out to get a shot, so I'm not sure it's the same as mandating it. It's just saying you can't do these things you enjoy.
3: That's super clever. France are just going to strike. Yeah, and, and they'll, they'll burn things. is <laughs> going to tell them you need a vaccine passport if you want to strike, and then they'll get a passport to strike. <laughs> them to- <laughs> yeah, there you, go. Works. There, there you go.
1: There you go. There you go. Oh, shout out to golden hellos. Uh, employers are what? offering sign on fees of up to 10,000 pounds to tempt what they call gold dust applicants as more than 1.1 million jobs in the UK remain unfilled. The hefty fees emerged after a survey by Job Search Engine and Beer Drop sponsor Adzuna found almost 5,000 vacancies across the UK, currently offering sign-on bonuses for in-demand roles such as care workers, chefs, and nursery staff.
2: Yeah, Shout out to uh, Germany has finally gotten a foothold in England. I don't know yeah. if you guys knew this, but not not with Stukas and Messerschmitts, <laughs> but with food delivery company Delivery Hero acquiring oh, wow. a 5% stake in the UK-based Deliveroo. Mm-hmm. We in the U.S. are more familiar with names like Grubhub and DoorDash, but the European market is a hotbed for food delivery, which means the Germans are looking to take over. Any thoughts from the...
4: Hey. Can I give a little story that relates to the two things you just said? Please. So one of the things you said was in short – sorry, one of the things. One of the skills in short supply are chefs.
1: Uh Uh-huh.
4: Yeah. You just said that, golden hello, 5,000, 10,000, whatever. Why does that remind me of some weird thing you do with But Anyway, i got an Uber driver who used to manage a restaurant who went, ugh, I've had this great time during the whole furlough thing. I've realized I didn't know who my child was. I'm not working in the restaurant anymore. But he goes, I know six chefs – now drive for Uber Eats, Deliveroo, and all of those, and earn twice the money that they used to, so they're not going back. So, maybe we should just pay people properly.
2: Twice the, twice as much yes. as they earned as a chef?
4: Yeah. That's just fucked up. Just doing deliveries. Mind you, to be fair, very few people are eating restaurants, so they're all getting deliveries, but you're kind of going, there was already a shortage of chefs before the pandemic went down. So, maybe we should pay people properly, and I know that's close to Chad's heart.
2: Yeah, oh. that's a topic- Near and dear to Chad's heart. Let's mm. get to topics. Oh! All right, we're going to rehash uh, Indeed Yikes. moving off its cost per click model and moving toward a cost per apply start model, which we're calling CPASS, whether they like it or not. We've talked about it on the show. Chad, anything to add? I know we want to get the Europeans' opinion on Indeed's move.
1: Yeah, I actually reached out to uh, a bunch of different contacts in Europe about this because I know the U.S. market much different than the European market, especially when it costs, we're talking about CPC, performance-based advertising, that kind of stuff. And here's one of the quotes, quote, focusing on hires is crazy in Europe because 1% of companies can actually do it. All you're essentially doing is moving the success factor into a realm which is largely untrackable and unreportable, end quote. So when we're we're looking at Europe, again, I I don't know what the impact is. I know what we're going to be seeing impact here in the US, but what's the the European impact look like?
4: If I was to go with my gut instinct on that, Mm -hmm. I'd firstly be thinking, do people actually apply for jobs? I guess that's because I tend to work in the space where people have skills that are in demand and don't. Uh, And secondly, do they then do it via Indeed? And thirdly, what about the candidate experience?
2: Keep in mind they don't have to apply. They just have to start the apply.
4: But I thought you said they were like behind almost I'm going to say a firewall because I'm so not technical, but behind they had to put in their details to get through the – isn't that like making it just like another hurdle?
2: It's a little black boxish. Boxish. Boxish? Boxish. Yeah, yes, it's a box-ish. little it's a little confusion in the market, Katrina. We're trying to figure mm-hmm. it
1: out. Yeah, well, where uh, a candidate has to at least uh, go through the partial registration process on Indeed before they can go get to the applicant tracking system to apply there, right? So you have that hoop this that you have mean. to jump through. Yeah. So, you know, that could be kind of like a wall that some individuals don't want to go through, especially if they haven't already registered with Indeed.
4: Exactly. It just sounds like another obstacle to hiring. Gosh, we love putting obstacles in the way of an applicant applying. Sounds
2: like more money in Indeed's pocket to me. Mm, As well. Less trackable uh, option.
3: it's, It's pretty, pretty intelligent, I think. In what respect? You have to apply on Indeed before you actually get to apply on the hiring company site. So they get all the candidates. And if you don't finish your application at the hiring company site, Indeed will be able to find something else for you. You really so,
4: think that's what Indeed is going to do?
2: Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Indeed well, going to make more money. That's yeah. less trackable. They're going to they're going to get away from the cost per click thing, which is programmatic, which is is being commoditized, right? So they're getting away mm-hmm. from the the cost per click thing,
4: which you can check. you said that on your other show, didn't you? Correct. You can like check. F-
2: detecting fraud in that is easier than the c- apply thing. And to Levin's point, they're going to get more data. Get more profiles in their database mm-hmm. so they really win i mean i agree i agree with Levin that this is pretty smart um by them it's also kind of douchebaggy but uh <laughs> but, but you can be douchebaggy and smart at the same time i guess exactly. and uh indeed has excelled in douchebaggery uh ever since google for jobs launched
4: for the european audience what does douchebag mean
2: wanker there you go wanker
3: yeah, okay, wanking is fun, so douchebagging is fun also. <laughs> <laughs> and that's our show, everybody. We're oh, done.
4: Oh, that is so not what that means. I've just Googled it.
2: Shifting gears now.
3: It's new word for me.
4: I know.
2: If I'm learning. Douchebaggery. There you go. One for the Europeans. And the, and the ones who Why claim does to speak English. it always
4: have to do with female private parts? Anyway, Moving on.
2: And that's another show, Katrina. We'll we'll do that one after this episode. Well, well, let's go. Let's get on to uh, just crawling in general. Indeed, seems like a nice segue about that. So, an article from Two Talent on crawling the web caught our attention this week. Author Jasper Spanyart digs into the issue, accusing certain job sites, not necessarily all, of uh, doing uh, behaving badly, including things such as holding job seekers hostage, making them put. Uh, input an email address to even view a job, for example. Uh, second way is keeping uh, job, uh, jobs online that have long been filled. Uh, and three, actually changing the job text, making it more click-worthy. This kind of shit has long been a pain in the ass of our industry. and uh, might be why so many people are rooting for Google for jobs to save us. How do you guys think about crawling the web. Some of us are a little bit more bullish on it than others.
4: For my non-digital brain, just to check, this is where sites like LinkedIn go to a career site, scrape off the job, and suddenly it appears on LinkedIn in a really shitty
2: format. Yeah. Google's the best example. Google crawls the web, you search Google, and they give you results. So But they don't screw up
4: the formatting. Um,
2: (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Right. Right.
4: But other sites, not LinkedIn, because we know LinkedIn doesn't do this, are holding people hostage. That's what you're saying. But yeah. well, that's scumbag, isn't it? Well, why, is, why is everyone going in for these poor job seekers? Well, and
1: again, you must register in Money. many cases just to be able to see the job, which is what we were just talking about with LinkedIn. Yeah. And then Joel was talking about uh, adding Indeed. more info to the to the opening, which wasn't on the original posting in its, itself, mm-hmm. like salary. And that's something that mm-hmm. Indeed mm-hmm. and other and other sites do. And then keeping the jobs open when they're already closed. So you have all this. Bait that's out there uh, to be able to, again, draw more candidates in, uh, which is, again, I mean, it, it's yeah. this is running very parallel to how Indeed is doing business, not saying that they're they're keeping jobs open, but they're really trying to mm. get uh, get that candidate on their site so that you have to spend money over and over yeah so
4: again for the europeans google for jobs the blue box at the top which clears out search and duplication and i personally think is wonderful is that what mm-hmm. we're talking about no 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 just explain what google for jobs is just it full stop because there'll be people here that don't have it in their country because it's not in every country
2: so i'm assuming it google and, and where you live you can search restaurants and it will show you Actual re- reviews and yep. uh, so, or or travel information. They'll give you flights and so it's basically what's what's referred to as a vertical search. So you're searching a certain vertical. Mm-hmm. Could be news. News was their first one. It could be other yep. things like that. So jobs is basically Google taking the actual job description yep. and presenting it to users. Whereas before. They would just present websites, i.e., job boards that had certain searches based on what you search Google for. So it's Google's attempt to show job descriptions as opposed to just sites that have the jobs. So
4: we've had it in the UK for ages, but not every country in Europe has it.
3: Uh, by now, I think we do. We do. Uh, Belgium was one of the last companies, and we launched it, I think, two years ago in November somewhere. Cool. Um, I've always been a big fan of Google for jobs, it's and very I still cool. am, even though they could improve it, but uh, they will be improving it. But I'd like to say something about uh, the crawling part, just to explain. I'm going to tell a little story how I got in touch with crawling 10 years ago. I was working for USG People, which is called RGF Staffing now, and we had a bunch of offices. And suddenly I got some complaints about people saying those offices of yours are spreading vacancies, which don't exist. And I didn't get one or I got several of those complaints. So I got on it and I called the offices. What are you doing? Hey, but leave we're definitely not doing this. We've got plenty of work. Why should we be, be spreading jobs which don't exist? And I said, okay, this makes sense. So I looked further. And apparently 10, 12 years ago, uh, it was not indeed, it was um, CareerJet scraped all our company sites without, yeah. without us knowing it. And suddenly those jobs Went live. And the moment we had a new job, they saw it and they put it live. But the moment our job was filled, they didn't notice and they just kept it there because they don't want the best database. They want the biggest database. The more data, the more traffic, the more money. So in the end, I, I called, uh, it was simply hired, no, it was career jet. And I, asked, I explained my problem. And they said, OK, uh, no worries, we'll stop the scraping. But I said, No, I mean, I see we've got a few thousand visitors a day in those days. Can't you just notice when I've got a filled in vacancy, when I put it out of my database, can you, can't you? can you just remove it from yours? Sure, we can. Okay, perfect. But then it will cost you 10 cents per click. <laughs> People, just to get it straight, so you make my life miserable until I pay. It's it's extortion. No, oh, you can't see it like that? Yes, of course I see it like that. But in the end, for only 10 cents per click, I was on top of Google, which was less expensive than Google AdWords. So we agreed and that's the way they started making money extortion and it worked
2: <laughs> and that was how many years ago 10 years ago
3: 10 12 years something like that
2: and now everybody's doing it yeah and Oops. I mean part of it too so that was definitely a strategy that people use but now I think it's it's gone downstream to where it's Collecting the jobs, putting a really clickbaity description or title on the job, Mm -hmm. promoting it, you know, feeding it into Google for jobs, which fortunately they're doing a better job or going to be doing a better job of of filtering that out. But then before you can even see the job, we want your data. Right. And then once they Mm -hmm. have your data, they can spam you a shit and sell your sell stuff. I mean, some of them, you know, they prey on desperate people uh, that are unemployed who will give you information about their, how much they make uh, their address, uh, maybe even social security number in some cases. So they're feeding off the desperation and it's really, the crawling issue has really gotten bad. Um, And that's kind of why we, we thought it was worth talking about. And people are obviously blogging about it and talking about it. On a good light
1: though, we're hoping that the new Google for jobs guidelines where they will penalize organizations for this kind of, Tom fuckery will, uh, will, will, will stifle a lot of it. We're hoping that it depends on what the upside is. On the last show, Levin talked about getting a 19% rise in traffic out of Google for Jobs. Hopefully others are saying that and they're afraid to lose it. So on, on a happy, hopeful note, hopefully Google for Jobs will fix this shit.
2: Yeah, I don't think anyone of us of us disagree that search is a bad thing, right? There's a reason mm-hmm. why Indeed succeeded because they put all the jobs in one place. Mm-hmm. The problem is, like when you're successful, it breeds the douchebaggery of the web, <laughs> and this is uh, <laughs> happening here. The, the 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 thing is, once once we clear it in search, it'll just go over to social media somehow.
3: And um, scraping is here to stay. I mean, it's not only stra- scraping of vacancies by job boards. It's also scraping of CVs by tech-savvy recruiters.
2: Yeah.
1: And that's been happening forever too. Yes.
2: Yeah. I actually just interject here. I, I was talking to somebody who knows sort of LinkedIn pretty well, works for a sourcing company, sourcing business. And they're convinced that LinkedIn right now is, is sort of aware that they can't control companies or, or agents scraping profiles from LinkedIn. They can do as much as they can to stop it. But their their strategy now is to scare the users of LinkedIn. So if they see that your account is sort of automated and doing stuff, they ah. they want to make you scared yeah. to use sourcing tools that are automated. They want to make you scared about losing your uh, LinkedIn account. So that's sort of their strategy now. And that's how they're going to tackle, tackle that issue. Yeah, but
3: they those automate automation tools aren't stupid as well so pretend to be human so let's say I want to scrape all the profiles from LinkedIn from engineers. I do a search, I get a list, and then it will open a profile for 15 seconds, then 23 seconds, then 47 seconds. So it's constantly changing. So LinkedIn has a hard time detecting it's actually a robot.
2: Yeah. So like LinkedIn recently put in a, a limit to a hundred uh, connection requests a week. Good. And they look at things like if, if you're automating a tool to like scrape, to get mass amounts of URLs of profiles, like that's a trigger. They're Getting better about um, detecting that. But yeah, I mean, uh, people are going to try to be one step ahead of LinkedIn, but they're doing what they used to want to like send to cease, cease and desist letters and hope that all the companies that did it went away and they didn't. So now it's like, let's scare the hell out of people, uh, individual users. A lot more recruiters that I know are getting warning uh, warning messages from LinkedIn.
4: I don't think the 100 LinkedIn connection request limit is a bad thing, though. No. it's Because no. there's but, so much spam on there. It's like, yeah, so now you you can only send like 20 a day. So
2: Right. And LinkedIn, fortunately, can do that. If we go back to crawling the web for jobs, like most employers aren't going to uh, detect crawlers and, and slap them around from taking content. So that's a much no. harder thing to do. If LinkedIn can police LinkedIn because you're yeah. on LinkedIn. It's much more difficult.
3: Yeah, but there's a whole IQ case in 2019, it was, I believe. Yep, uh, yeah. still outstanding. Think said something about uh, the people owning their own data and LinkedIn has not got the right to block it, to scrapers, or something like that.
4: It's hard not to play devil's advocate on that because LinkedIn did the work to build up that database. So much as we all use it to recruit from or to sell on or to market on, that kind of a thing, I mean, I just feel we should be paying them something for that privilege. Sure
2: definitely both sides. I think I see both sides as well, but I think legally LinkedIn is going to have a hard time putting people out of business who are, who are crawling and gathering information that's publicly accessible. For sure. Uh, and, and the gist of LinkedIn is for you to, to promote yourself, right? Mm. Like no one, no one goes on LinkedIn. I don't think just to be on LinkedIn.
3: Europe has a bunch of countries in it. Everyone deserves their best job. That's what Fiji
2: stands for. We make a big difference for independent recruiters with the strength of our fast-growing recruiter network. At Fiji, you can be your best self and work for the company you'd like whenever and wherever. We support you with the best digital and online recruitment marketing. We offer professional business development support, recruitment specialist training, and a bit of rebellious network
5: meetings. Let's join strengths and help more professionals find the job they love. Celebrate recruitment and join Fiji at fygi.nl.
2: All right, more news out of ADECO. This one gets leaving all fired up. News out of Switzerland. ADECO has agreed to buy, is it AKKA or ACCA?
3: I'm not sure. I think ACCA.
2: Okay, we'll go with ACCA. ACCA Technologies in a deal worth 2 billion euros. For American listeners, that's about $2.4 billion. This is the biggest deal in the Swiss staffing company's 25-year history. The acquisition of the Belgium-based ACCA. Levin's Backyard, by the way, will make Adeco the world's largest provider of temporary staffing by revenue, overtaking Dutch rival Randstad. Adeco's all-cash offer for €49 per share represents a premium of 115% to its share price. Uh, This one looks like an eye to the future with Adeco CEO, Alan Hayes saying, quote, Almost all industries have to transform their products into smart and connected products. All of them have to be re-engineering and reinvented, end quote. So, Levin, Adeko just wanted to really annoy the hell out of you, right?
3: Yeah, we just had Rika on the show being proud about our fifth acquisition. And then just to annoy us, they launched a press release. They're going to buy a two-billion company.
5: (laughs) Oh,
0: hell no.
3: It's a bit childish. (laughs) Engineering consulting is big business. I mean, it has high margins, margins mm. sustainable. It's a good thing. They have a very nice geographic spread now. Uh, together with, um, they're going to combine it with uh, Modis. So, fifty percent in Europe, thirty percent in the Americas, twenty percent Japan, Australia. It's pretty well spread. So that's a good stuff. But they did pay a lot, I think. And I'm, I didn't do any due diligence, of course. But uh, I just read the newspaper. They paid about. Twice the stock market value per share, with in the end the shares from Adeco going down with 17%. So the shareholders weren't very enthusiastic about it. Mm -hmm. So everyone agrees it's very expensive, but it's a very good business. So uh, the future will show if it was a well spent 2 billion or not. But then again, they have 28 billion of revenue, dollar that is. So they can spend a lot.
1: This is a long-term play, though, right? I mean, th- this yeah. this whole this whole segment itself is going to do nothing but grow.
3: True. Yeah, so it's, it's a good investment, I think, but they did pay a lot, so it will take many years before it will be. Yeah. So Levin, you,
2: you don't have to say whether you guys were part of this or not, but uh, at one hundred fifteen percent premium. It sounds like a lot of companies were vying for this deal. Was any any information for where you are in terms of what companies might have been trying to get in on this deal? Because it sounds like more than just Sodeco was looking to get in.
3: Well, Cause of HR is a two billion revenue company and this is a two billion acquisition. So this was out of our league. But uh, I think only Randstad and um, ADECO are big enough to do something like that. Maybe Manpower, Kelly Service, I'm not sure. I didn't know a thing about this. It was a total surprise for everyone. So I guess it was really on the hush-hush. But uh, yeah, yeah I, not many companies can afford an acquisition like this. So, so maybe- no word
2: that other companies were sort of uh, dealing the, tr- the price up higher?
3: I'm going to check with our M&A specialist if he heard something. Okay. But, uh I'll let you know next time. Sounds good. I didn't hear anything, no.
1: Yeah, I can I can only imagine that uh, uh Ronstadt. I mean, there there are only maybe a handful of organizations who could have even been in the conversation in the first place. But obviously somebody was <laughs> because paid a hell of a lot over asking, right? Yeah.
3: Yeah, and I mean Maro Ricci or rishi it's an Italian name I think, mm-hmm. the founder of ACA. He's now going to be the special advisor to Alanda de Haase, so he'll still get a well-paid job. But I'm sure his friends will be calling in uh, Rich Ricky. He was the founder of ACCA, so he'll be the one paying for the drinks next party.
2: Yeah, I don't think there'll be a lot of starving people out of mm-hmm. this deal. No.
4: Interesting move. I mean, I think from a company's perspective, as far as having one place they can go to to get staff, sounds mm-hmm. quite enticing. With all the different employment laws across Europe, even though it's one EU, I think it could be quite interesting.
2: Yeah, a lot of consolidation going on over in Europe, which leads us to our next story. Uh, Cornerstone On Demand, which helps companies to recruit, train and manage their employees, recently announced private equity firm Clear Lake Capital Group LP would take the cloud computing and management software provider Private for about... 3.8 billion dollars cornerstone shareholders will get 57 dollars and 50 cents per share in cash a premium over 15 percent much less than the 115 in our previous story to the stock's last close the deal which is expected to close in the second half of this year has an enterprise value of about 5.2 billion dollars though it's headquartered in california cornerstone has a huge footprint all over the world and especially in europe I've got a comment from Bill Borman on this one. So his quote is, where it's
1: going is quite specific. Top of funnel activity and spend, about 200 times that of a tech spend, is shifting to deployment within the applicant tracking system and on a job by job basis. So more transactional than anything else. This includes services like agency and RPO becoming the channel they can secure about 20% of the revenues and the captured data builds better recommendation engines. So this to me is a a data play, but also a recruitment market, or at least Bill's saying, this is a recruitment marketing, a top of funnel play, which Cornerstone really doesn't have right now. And with all that data pushing into Cornerstone, which they obviously house, they will be able to grind on that much better than than anybody else out there my my big question is what does cornerstone really do well so i think what they do well
2: uh is the
3: getting capital <laughs> Yes, <laughs>
2: as, as part of it yes so i think the the upskilling training part of it um is an important part a important piece of this news i mean my my take initially was how how many companies that go private, is it, a, is it a good story? Like how many companies that either PE or someone comes in, uh, we talk about obviously Monster and Career Builder as examples of private uh, funds coming in. But I think that these guys going private um, is a positive because I think it'll give them more flexibility to be out of the public markets, mm-hmm. to grow and, and invest in R&D as well as go potentially on an acquisition spree. I think Josh Burson uh, was really bullish on this uh, news and and his his quote from his blog post was quote, companies are heavily investing in recruiting tools, employee experience tools, and all kinds of upskilling training and organizational development solutions. And the delayed end of the pandemic thanks Delta "um, is making the market more hotter than it's ever been. Um, So to me, this is sort of pandemic driven part money going into training and engagement with um with employees which makes the cost what it was for for cornerstone
1: how much do you think josh burson is paid to be a muppet for
2: cornerstone he used to be deloitte so a lot i think i did not see a disclosure statement on the blog post so yeah so uh, again what, what bill was talking about
1: was something that cornerstone doesn't do well today and they do LMS well, them and Saba, Saba are the ones, and they bought Saba, yeah. uh, are the ones who really did LMS well. They jumped into content, recruiting, talent management, and just a bunch of different areas to, to create this massive quote unquote ecosystem, which to be quite frank, I think it was more of a play for a total addressable market when you're looking for these types of moves mm-hmm. because they didn't do any of that shit well. There aren't many players that do. So, so in Cornerstone's defense, everybody says they do it. Most people don't do it well. The big question is, will they be able to take this new flexibility and start to really focus on these areas and
2: do it well? Chad, do you think it's more of a old-school private equity play where they're going to chop the thing up and bleed it, bleed it to death?
1: I would have. The problem is, or the opportunity is, Look at the market. This is the time right now where you can sell the shit out of these types of products, whether they're great or not, because yeah. the, the job market is so fucking flush. Right. So companies are like, I need the new newest. I need the best. I need the greatest. Well, if you already have an installed group of people who are paying you and all you want to do is increase wallet share. Yeah, this is what you do. So I, I would have normally said, yeah,
2: they're just going to chop this bitch up, but not now. I mean look successful public companies don't generally go private. They go private because they're not that great <laughs> and so and they need yeah. to get off the public markets and re retool and and re, regroup. So yeah, I, I I'm open to that, but normally I would have my knee jerk was like this is a bad thing for Cornerstone. They're going to be they're going to be sucked dry.
3: I don't agree. I think they're doing pretty well and I think some private equity company has done its homework. Mm -hmm. And now I thought they are undervalued. We're going to buy them off. We're going to make more out of them. We're going to keep them for five years, and we're going to sell them afterwards.
2: Well, I definitely think by most accounts, Cornerstone is the largest or definitely one of the largest sort of learning tech companies out there. So... If, learn, if that is a, is a hot sector and they're one of the biggest, that usually is a good sign.
1: But again, this is about a wallet share conversation. This is about expansion into those other areas to be able to, to hit that total addressable market. And what Bill was talking about is, I, I think, outside of what they do today.
2: It'll be interesting. I'm Let's thanks to thank Katrina for joining us.
4: <laughs> thank you. On
2: our show.
4: Always fun to be there. What was I? The-
2: yeah, I said that one, didn't I? Oh, yeah. I'm, such an, I'm such an asshole. What a
4: dick. Yeah.
2: You'll come back on the show, though, right? I don't know. <laughs> Leaving as always. It's been fun. Boys and girls. Another European show in the books. We out. We out.
4: We out. Thanks, kids. Well, thank you
5: for listening to...